This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You know what's better than receiving the perfect holiday gift? Enjoying it now and paying for it over time. Diamonds Direct makes holiday shopping easier than ever with a curated selection of the top gifts on your list and 0% APR for three years with equal payments. That's right, no interest for three years all December long at Diamonds Direct. Find out more and shop online at DiamondsDirect.com. Your love, our passion. Subject to credit approval. See website for details. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of Spurs Chat where this evening we will be discussing Tottenham back in the Champions League. Yes, Champions League Knights are back at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. A 2-0 victory this evening against Marseille and Richarlison at the double. Richarlison in tears at the end. I think we all know what it means to him. Uh, A very, very vital three points in the Champions League this evening for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I've got three very special guests to talk about this evening's game. First up, we've got international DJ Fenton G. Fenton, how are you? Bonjour. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Lovely to have you back. And you. we've also got Richard Whitehead, MBE, back with us. Rich, how are you? <laughs> yeah, always good to, to be on the show after a win. I know recently the, the performances haven't been uh, that liberating, but it's still great to be a winner. Absolutely. And we've also got um, channel uh, regular Craig Dearman back with us. Craig, how are you? Yeah, you're right, Chris. Yeah, not too bad. Um, good to get a win tonight. Didn't think it was going to happen for a little while, but uh, we got over the line again, as we seem to do quite often. So we'll get into it, I'm sure. Craig, let's start off with you because um, I, I feel exactly the same as you. Um, we're unbeaten so far uh, in competitive competition. Um, in the Champions League now and the Premier League. Um, I don't feel that we have got into second gear, but we keep getting these results. What did you make of tonight's game? Yeah, it's, it's kind of becoming a familiar pattern, and it? it's, you know, starting off slow, slowly. Although mm. I didn't think we was that bad right at the start, but it gradually got worse throughout the first half. Um, we, we um, the, the, no, let's, let's be honest about it. The sending off changed the game. Um, 
I, th- I think I wouldn't say we were hanging on, but you know, it definitely changed the game. And um, thank God we got the points in the end. But um, there's two ways of looking at this. So I was thinking about it. You know, you could say somebody's going to find us out soon, and somebody's going to beat us if we carry on playing like that. Or you could look at it a bit more positively and say we're not playing well, but we're winning games. Yeah. And imagine what we could be like yeah. when we are playing well. Say exactly so, the same as you, Craig. I think we're going to turn over a team because you look at the, the, the kind of opportunities that we probably could have had if the decisions were made right, like Sonny. The, mm. ta- the times when he should have made the, the right decision and he took the wrong decision. I think we're going to roll over a team, really roll over a team soon. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. But it's, um, he said, I mean, it's a, it's a tad worrying. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie. It, you know, <clears throat> the, there is part of me that thinks we are going to get found out. And, you know, if we, if we, we've got to put in a shift on Saturday because Harlan's going to rip us a new one if we don't. So, but we'll get into that later, I'm sure. Craig, what did you think when you heard that Champions League music again? Because I tell you what, it was goosebumps for me. Um, I tell you, these last couple of years, um, playing in the Europa League and, of course, last season, the Europa Conference League, it is good to be back, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it certainly is. Um, yeah, but it might be emotional, really, I reckon, for all the players, that you know, like Harry Kane's in this world, that was desperate to get back there. Um, it was just fantastic to hear that music again in the stadium. And uh, to, to be honest, the, you know, the way the crowd was, Initially, uh, kick off in the first five ten minutes, you think this is really going to spur them on, but it kind of, kind of didn't. They looked like scared rabbits in the headlights. Um, and as Richard, it was the, the passing. It kind of, it was almost like they were uh, overwhelmed by the situation. It was like they never played together at, at points. But one hundred percent, great to have the Champions League music back and a uh, couple of away games next in the Champions League. I think so. They're going to be. Um, they're going, to, they're going to be tough, so we've got to, but we certainly got to play better, better than that in the next couple of games, for sure. Fenton, let's come to you. Um, what did you make of tonight's game and hearing that Champions League music again? Oh, it's great to be back. Um, it, it feels like it's been been more than two years. Um, it does. It, it was lovely. It, I feel that we should be there, and the quality we have this season... You know, with Piracic, Kulicheski, I think it they they fit right into the whole Champions League uh, mold, and that's where a lot of these players should be playing. And I think I think we I think our new our new tactic is have a boring first half, um, score a goal if we can, and then play better in the second. Because it's not just the first game. I think it's, I think it's every single game so far. We have nicked a couple of goals early on in the first couple of games, but yeah, it's so boring. But maybe the 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 players are think are thinking that they've got a lot of games to play, and some now we're on the whole Tuesday or Wednesday, then the Saturday or Sunday, and the next I think I think it's the next. Four or five weeks, we're playing at five thirty on a Saturday after a midweek game, and I think, I think it feels like they can't give a hundred percent for the ninety minutes, so they're only going to play a certain level. But then, like Craig said, if teams find this out, they're going to slaughter us in the first half, and then park the bus, and then that's when we're going to be in trouble because that's when Tottenham usually are in trouble when a team. Parks the bus. 
Fenton, what do you say to the Tottenham fans that moan about our performances, but we're getting results? Um, I think I'm all about... I'm one of these Tottenham fans that I'm not bothered of... I'd rather be in Champions League than win a League Cup. So I'm not really bothered about... It's all about it's winning. You know, if we're winning games and... <laughs> Yeah. You've got to be careful. Got to be careful about dissing trophies on this channel, Fenton. I can tell you. I know. I love a trophy, but at the same time, you know what? Players, unfortunately, we're in an, e an era now of players that they want to win and they want to, they do want to win trophies. I'm not saying they don't, but what attracts? It's a business now. Football is a business, and everything's run like a business. So to attract Piritich, Conte, and and people like that, you need Champions League. Um, I want to win something because I haven't seen Spurs win anything since, two, well, 2008, like everyone else. But, uh, you know, I, I wasn't that young then. But before that, I think it was like, was it, uh, was it 2000? No, I can't even remember. 90, 99. 99 against Leicester. I was at that game, funny enough. Um, I don't care. The moment we're winning, we're keeping clean sheets. You know, you can't have, I, in life, you can't have everything. So let's just embrace the winning at the moment. Rich, let's come to you. What do you make of it? Because I tell you what, when Spurs eventually do get out of set, second gear or first gear, go into second gear, some team is going to be absolutely battered, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. You can, you can tell that um, Conte is trying to drill the players into this front foot um, way of playing. And also playing off the break. So he's got two or three kind of go-to um, ways of playing. And I think the first half today, it looked like they were walking at some point. Uh, it looked like they were lethargic. It looked sunny. I don't know what was going on uh, with his decision-making, but his head was down a lot of the time. He needs to lift his head up and kind of make that right decision. Um, I think um, Hoiberg looks a bit tired today. Um I know he's been playing well, but um, he looks a bit tired today. I just think the team in the first half just didn't look at the races. Uh, and Marseille came with a plan, and they obviously delivered that plan to the tee. Um, and we were hanging on, like Craig said, towards the end of that half. And Conte just needed to get them in at half-time, give them a roast in. And obviously you saw what happened. Obviously Sonny then, instead of those like little little flicks that went nowhere, Sonny was like turning with the ball, obviously then running off the ball to try and make a little bit of space. And then obviously that's where the sending off was. Are you surprised though, Rich, um, in the six games in the Premier League and this evening, in the seven games in total, that Spurs haven't really switched it on and, uh, and played this, you know, this fluid type of football that we know that these players can play? Are you surprised yeah, after seven sure. games we've not seen it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think we've only scored one early goal, haven't we, in the first half? So, um, I think he's, it's it's a process though, isn't it? And some managers don't get the um, the time to be able to implement that process. And uh, Conte's philosophy is, is about being very solid at, at the back, uh, very solid uh, without the ball uh, in, into those kind of formations that are not going to let the, the players run off uh, and into those gaps. Um, but I just think it was it's too negative today. Um, too much sideways football. 
And I know that the fans, after making so much noise before the kickoff, were starting to get really disappointed after about 25, 30 minutes when literally nothing was happening, no shots on target, no real penetration into the box. And it was really disappointing first off. Craig, let's come to you. Um, and let me just say to all of the listeners and viewers, I apologise if there is a bit of background noise because I'm in my car recording this, just a short walk away from the Tottenham Stadium, and it is absolutely pelting down right now. And this afternoon I was at Hotspur Way watching the under-19s play Marseille under-19s in the UEFA Youth League, and it was very similar weather there. Um, <laughs> the Spurs under-19s won 3-0 earlier today. Uh, Donnelly with a penalty and Jaden Williams uh, with a brace and also the other game in Group D in the Champions League this evening um, the score was Frankfurt nil, Sporting Lisbon 3 Marcus Edwards actually got their first goal of course a former Tottenham Hotspur player and also an assist in the game Craig let's come to you let's talk about the team lineup. Antonio Conte made one change from the Fulham game at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium at the weekend um, Perisic for uh, Sessegnon um, so the lineup was as follows Lloris in goal, the back three of Romero, Dyer, Lengley, uh, wing backs Perisic and Emerson, uh, in midfield Hoybier and Benton Kerr, and then the forward three of um, Richarlison, Kane, and Son. The 12 subs this evening Forster, Doherty, Skip, Sanchez, uh, Brian Hill, Ryan Sessignon, Kulishevsky, Spence, Tanganga, Saar, Davis, and Basuma. Um, were you surprised by that lineup or was that what you expected? Um, to, to be honest, I'm um... I'm almost got my thinking like I'm trying to think like Conte now in that there's there's no real weak links in in the lineup whatever he puts out and I'm I'm certainly more happy with the squad. It's funny I I think the squad is stronger now than it was when we got to the Champions League final, but the first eleven isn't as strong if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's possible, but that's how I feel. So I think I think whatever team he puts out at the moment, I'm quite comfortable with. If I'm honest, Chris. So, yep. um, regardless of what he does, and, and that kind of bodes well for the future, doesn't it? So, so it doesn't matter to me whether Sessignon or Perisic is in. It doesn't matter whether... Emma, well, Emma, Emerson, actually, to be fair, I think I've been one of his harshest critics, along with a few others on this channel. Yeah, me as well. yeah. to, 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 to be honest, I thought he played really well again tonight. I mean, he's an athlete. You can say that about yeah. him. I thought, I it's thought just out his of delivery, the... though. It's just his delivery, oh, Craig. It's well, like, it's, it's dreadful. It, yeah. Yeah, it's, dread, it's dreadful, mate. But but then again, I, I, I wish I'd counted the amount of crap crosses we'd put in tonight from all all the players because they they were they were terrible. That final, well, the final ball, not just a cross, any yeah, yeah. kind of penetrating pass was, was just bloody awful. It was frustrating. It mate, you could you could hear it in the stadium, the the, the crowd. And what I don't think you you were going to come on to this, Chris, but. I'm sorry, I've gone off topic a bit, but what the hell was Larice doing with that punch in the first yeah. half? Why did he catch that? But I'll leave somebody else to answer that. But yeah, I was quite happy with the lineup, Chris. Getting back to your original question, we will come on to that shortly. Um, Fenton, same question to you. Um, one change this evening from Antonio Conte. Were you surprised? Is is that the team you expected? Uh, yeah, I totally. I think you know, like I've said, you know, Piricic is a Champions League winner. Um, he knows how the 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 competition's being played, and I feel that he's a more experienced, stronger player. Like I was so excited uh, when Spurs signed him because I remember I remember watching him play with Croatia years ago, and and I'm like, oh, he's a naughty player, him. Um, and then we signed him, so I was really happy with that change. I think I think like. 
um, Craig said. I think I think what I like at the moment is the consistency. There's not all this changing, and I think for a team to play consistent and well together as a unit. We need consistency, and he's showing that consistency. Whatever he's doing, I believe he's doing right. And, you know, the game on Saturday, especially when, when I was there, it you can see the the positive changes. Maybe not tonight in the, in the first half um, and a bit in the second half, but I do think we when we're ready, whenever that may be, it's going to be quite scary for the. And I think I I do think he he played it down tonight, Conte, because I think you know we've got a big game on on Saturday, and you know I I wouldn't leave Kuliczewski out at the moment, but I think he's going to be an important player on Saturday. Yeah. Rich, what about you? Um, the starting eleven, one change uh, this evening. Um, were you surprised that Richarlison started? Um, yeah, not really. I think um, obviously Conte is wanting to forge those partnerships up front, isn't he? Um, and Kuliszewski offers something slightly different, and you saw that as he came off the the bench, um, driving in behind. I think Richarlison's somebody who can hold the ball up and then bring people into the play where. Kulicheski's that player that can kind of uh, beat a man on the on on the wing and kind of which he did, which he did when he came on. I think Richarlison's a player that we'll we'll see him evolve within the team, and obviously tonight it's it's going to give him great confidence in in his ability, um, obviously especially in the air, but also um, he was a bit naive in the first half, trying to do too much, trying to get emotionally involved in in the the whole first um first Champions League game for him or first uh, European game but after the after the second half you could tell he really evolved into the game and uh, started to you start to see the reason why we paid 60 million pounds for him yeah um Craig let's come to you let's talk about the uh, the first half because I normally write down a lot of the uh, the, the major <laughs> game incidents I've written down uh, hardly anything um, for that first half, and I think I think that says it all. Um, in the 26th minute, and that's where we'll start. The 26th minute, um, a cross shot from Emerson. Perisic picked it up. Uh, crossed goalkeeper uh, picked it up. 32nd minute, Hugo Lloris ball in the air. This is the incident that you were on about. Ball in the air. It was a simple catch for the goalkeeper, and he punched it. The crowd were not happy. What on earth was he doing? I can only assume that from everything you hear, those balls spin like mad in the air, and they're been told and trained to punch the ball no matter what. But the no matter what, surely, that he was under no pressure, nobody around him, it, he could have quite easily caught that. You know, any any top goalkeeper should be able to catch that ball. And for some reason, he decided to punch. I don't know whether he saw it at the corner of his eye, somebody running down the wing and thought it'd be, he could punch it to them. I don't know. But that's the only thing I can think why why he would have done that because it, it was just unbelievable. And it actually nearly cost us, didn't it? Because it was. A, I don't think anybody else around him could believe that he's not caught it. To be honest with you, so yeah. so 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 yeah, that it was. Uh, it could have could have been worse than it was, I suppose. But yeah, no idea why, Larice. You'd have to ask him why 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 he thought that was the right thing to do. 
Well, I think we should come to Fenton on this, seems he's wearing the goalkeeper's shirt. Fenton, what did you make of it? Well, I mean, the only thing I can say is the weather conditions. Um, and maybe he was like, well, maybe he felt the ball prior to that and it was a bit slippery um, and he couldn't. And, and I think that's the only reason behind it. Uh, but, you know, bless his heart, Hugo. I think he's always going to... I think all goalkeepers have got a mistake in them. And as long as it doesn't cost us, you know, I, I think, yeah. They're, they're, I don't know what the pressure's like being him. Um, but, I, yeah, I, th- I think the wet conditions may, may have... Uh, may have made him think to punch it. Rich, let's come to you. Um, in the 34th minute, Richarlison to Harry Kane. Harry Kane uh, cut in, um, took a shot on his left foot. It was blocked. Hoybier was free on the back post. Um, what, did you make that, of, uh, what, what did you make of Harry Kane's performance this evening? Yeah, passing. Um, obviously, he made a couple of diagonal passes, but as we know, Conte wants Harry between the posts, obviously getting the goals. Um I thought he was he was he was trying probably as hard as Sonny to 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 get in front of the goal and um, and try and score today. I think, and again the free kicks. How many times have we talked about free kicks, Chris? <laughs> Holy <laughs> fuck! Man. I was looking Holy forward fuck. to that conversation actually. No, we will get no, we will no. get there in a minute. Well, actually, let's no. do it now. Forty-nine no, hurricane free kick. No. Why not is he on that free kick, Rich? No, no. How many times have we spoken about this? No, just no, no. I just literally that from now on should be no Harry, wherever it is, no. And whether it's Perisic or whether it's Sunny, let them take him. It's definitely not Harry Kane. How many how many free kicks has he scored? I think he scored well, one. That was a deflection. There. Yeah, it's a deflection, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And awful, and it just—it wasn't even close. So, unless unless he's doing that in training every day, put him in the top bins. What? Why is he taking the free kicks? Because there's just nowhere near. And every Tottenham fan saying this exactly the same thing. It's like Sonny and Sonny and Kane on that free kick, and I'm going Sonny, just push him out of the way and just take it. No, that's right. I, I don't understand it because Sonny scored a couple, didn't he? In Pre-season, yeah. didn't he? Scored yeah. a couple for um for career, and yeah, you know it's funny. My we're watching that we're watching that game. We got that free kick, and my nine-year-old actually wasn't my kid then because my son's eleven. So he said to me, he said, "This is going straight into the wall." Oh yeah, this is going straight into the wall. <laughs> and I said, I said, "Well, I'm going to argue with you, you know, because I know we all know what's going to happen." Bang, straight, yeah. straight, straight in the wall. weren't even close, was it? It was it was in the bloke's midriff. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, Unbelievable. Seriously, though, How can somebody what, what, with that much skill not be able to take a free kick? I don't get it. What, why do you think he's still on them? Because like Richard said, if he's banging him in, um, you know, day in, day out in training, I could kind of understand. But, you know, the amount of time in the Premier League in particular, the amount of times that we've all spoken about it, game by game by game, he's still on the free kicks. Why? Well, perhaps he is banging them in in training. I mean, I mean but then again... You know, a couple of the players have been asked about this in the past, but they haven't like defended him, have they? And said, "Oh, he puts them in the top corner every every training session." So, 
I, I don't know, Chris. I, I can only assume that he's kind of pulled rank on everybody. I mean, Sonny, Sonny perhaps a bit stronger. So, surely this comes down to the coaching staff, doesn't it? Or Conte even to turn around and say, Harry, I love you, but you can't take a free kick, mate. I don't care if you're on the pitch. Sonny's having this. Dyer's scored a couple you of know? free kicks, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not a hard thing to do. They, you work out corners like that. You know your corner takers before the game kicks off. You should know your free kick takers. So, and I can't imagine Conte has overlooked that, considering Gianni Vio is supposed to be this set-piece specialist. You know, and obviously direct free kicks are going to be part of that because it's where... It's not mm. just about kicking it towards goal. It's about where your own players set up, perhaps on the end of the wall, you know, blocking a goal. So this is something they'll be working on. So yeah. I can only assume that that, that Kane is part of, uh, you know, the, the small group players that are going to take direct free kicks. Because, I mean, to be honest, that side probably would have suited a left footer anyway. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. It, I, mine boggles with that one. It's, it's strange, but they've got it's to frustrating, out, isn't it? it? It's definitely totally. frustrating to watch. If, totally. if, if you three, if you three chose who you'd like to take the free kicks, who would it be? Would it be Would it be Son, Dyer, or someone else? Son or Dyer or Perisic? Yeah, Perisic yeah, I, I don't know what Perisic is like, but I could imagine he's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he can play with, he can do it with both feet as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say, um, I'll say one of those two. Rich, let's come to you. Um, let's go back uh, two minutes from Harry Kane's free kick. Uh, of course, the free kick materialised from uh, Hunmin Son uh, running through and then getting brought down, and uh, the player receiving a red card. What did you make of that incident? Yeah, it was un- obviously hundred percent red card. Um, I think Sonny. Obviously flew out of the traps. Uh, the defender couldn't stick with him, and uh, professional foul, um, last man on goal. And um, I think if it was either on the other foot, you'd want the the defender to stay with the um, the attacking player and try and force him out to the the byline as much as possible, but not diving like the defender did. It was just I think he was he was just frightened by Sonny's blistering pace. Um, and obviously, Sonny's, Sonny's confidence is low at the moment. If he was one on one with the keeper, he, he, he wouldn't necessarily have, have, have scored nine out of ten like he did last season in that scenario. He might have missed anyway. So I think the defender. Of course, he wouldn't. <laughs> the defender committed at that stage. And I think obviously that incident completely changed around the game. Um, and Conte was able to. Bring on, obviously, more attacking players to dominate the the ball. Rich, I want to talk a little bit about Hunmin Son because um, you know he hasn't scored in the yeah. six Premier League games or, or tonight. Um, what have you made of his performances? Are you happy as a Spurs fan with his performances in these seven games? And there's been weak tonight as well. Uh, I think tonight was a culmination of, I think, um, decision making was poor. Um, even his body language, he just doesn't look like the the kind of the player that we had last season where he's full of energy and kind of, I think maybe something to do with it is Richarlison, but I also think that the pressure started to get to him, that it, the expectation is that he's going to be uh, scoring 25, 30 goals this season and he's not able to live up to that. I think any, every Spurs fan uh, needs to be kind of willing Sonny to score his first goal sooner than later. Uh, and I'm sure when that happens, his confidence will build. As every striker will tell you, 
Um, yeah. Scoring's the hardest uh, part of the game, but also just getting that first goal is really important for the confidence moving forwards. It might just shin it, it might just shin it in, or it might just come off his back and it go in. And I think from there he'll he'll rediscover his scoring uh, prowess. Rich, you being a professional athlete, um, when your mood is a little bit down about your own performances, how do you pick yourself back up? How will Sonny pick himself back up for the next game? I think it's really important that you've got teammates and a, a coach that's that's able to understand how to motivate you and how to restore that confidence back in you, and whether that's in training or whether that's kind of that arm around the shoulder. Uh, have having the the time with the analysis guys around kind of looking at previous um, uh, performances and, and showing where he's maybe making some some mistakes. I just think he looks a little bit tense. He, he's, he's, he doesn't look as dynamic as he did last season, uh, but it's easily changed. He just needs to be more relaxed on the field of play. Uh, maybe having a little bit of time out of the first 11 and letting Kulisewski play. Um but obviously, Son is devastating. I think I think the game against Man City might be the one where like he's done it before against the likes of Man City. Yep. So maybe that's that's a time where he can Man City might have eighty percent of the ball, but we might nick that that one or we might win one or two nil. Just so um I think I think maybe Man City game might be a really good one for for, for Sonny. Craig, let's stay on the subject of Hunmin Son. Um, I thought he made a, a couple of interesting runs today. Um, what have you made of his performances and uh, do, do you see it happening very soon for him? Yeah, look, look, he's too good a player for, for his, this to carry on, you know. But, but, you know, I think I've said on here before, even Shearer went through stages where he didn't score for five, six, seven games. It just happens. It's one of those things. And it's a funny thing being a striker, and you don't score because the harder you try, the harder it is. And 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 like Rich said, it all, if, if one goes in off his backside, that that will be the catalyst for more. And I know or I've seen a few City fans that have said online, Son Heung Min hasn't scored this season. Look who Spurs have got next in the league because yeah. he just loves loves a goal against City. So to be honest, I'm not too concerned. He doesn't help himself when he's in that kind of mindset, though, because there was a couple of times tonight he just ran down dead alleys. I thought he was Lucas Mora with a son sort of face mask on at, at one point because he was just running into <laughs> players. When, if he'd actually got his head up and passed, uh, I think I think one, one stage Emerson had made a good run and he would have been in. So he's just he's just got to get back on his game and just he's just got to keep plugging away, keep plugging away in training. Um, I'm sure the other players giving him plenty of pats on the back because we all know Sonny is going to be that type of player that needs the encouragement. He's not the type of player that needs shouting it. And he's just got to keep believing in himself. And it, it will happen. You know, he's a professional, world-class athlete and a world-class footballer. And for me, does he start Saturday? There's a massive argument. I'll personally go with Kulishevsky. You can't leave Kane out. And then do you... So for me, it's between Richarlison and Son. Um, do you leave out a player that's just high on confidence and scored two goals? So, I mean, he's, he's a very difficult one. Perhaps it might be better for Son to just, you know, stay on the bench and, and watch the game and and then come into it and perhaps score a winner a bit later on. That'd be nice. I'm sure that'd be uh, good for everybody then. But it's, it's, it's such a difficult one, and uh, but it's a good problem to have for Conte, for sure. 
Absolutely. We'll, we'll come on to the Manchester City preview at the end. Um, Craig, let's stay with you. In the 61st minute, um, you know, something had to change and Antonio Conte brought Emerson Royale off and brought Dijan Kulishevsky on. What did you make of that switch? I thought it was a bit weird that he was putting Kulishevsky... <laughs> uh, really? uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that he was putting him at wing-back, to be honest. But then again, he, we, you know, we know he said he can play there and he has played there. And... Um, I thought it was odd because I thought Emerson was having one of his better games or certainly one of the better players on the pitch anyway. But it worked. You have to say, as soon as Kulishevsky come on, the game changed. He got us forward. He, he does get us up the pitch. He, he, go, he drives forward. He always says he just loves going forward. That's the, he's a, he said he's a forward-thinking player. We've all seen that. And it did change, didn't it? We, we were getting up the pitch, higher up the pitch, and you didn't need that more defensive right wing back because they were down to 10 by that stage. So... You have to say the substitution worked, and he he, had, he did have an instant impact on the game, didn't he? Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, had a brilliant game when he came on. I have to say, and, and that for me, that's why you've probably got to start him against uh, City at the weekend. So yeah, well, well, he did well when he came on, without a doubt. Yeah, we haven't even spoken about Richarlison yet. Um, in the 62nd minute, um, Perisic cross, Rashalazan headed over the bar. A couple of minutes later, Kulishevsky, a good run, uh, took it past the defender, tried to shoot, blocked, uh, went out for a corner. Um, Fenton, um, what did you make of uh, Kulishevsky's performance this evening from the substitute bench? Um, I really like him. He's got a lot of energy and he runs at players. Um, going back to what you said to Richard about um, who who's going to start? Do you think on Sun on the Saturday, uh, Son or Kulicheski? I don't think Son's a kind of off the bench kind of player. Where I agree, Kulicheski. I, 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 I'm not saying he is an off the bench player, but he seems to he can play if you start him, and then he can come on and change a game. And I think that's what Spurs in general have lacked over the past, God knows how many seasons, is players that can change games coming off the bench. I know, obviously, Lucas come on a few times and scores a few goals here and there, but he doesn't really change a game where all of a sudden the energy when Kulicheski comes on and what he brings to that the, the, the game when he comes on for me, is, is outstanding. I mean, he's a really, he's a young player as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's lovely to have these sorts of problems at Spurs when you're like, well, there's so many to choose from. Ah, I don't know who to choose from. And the only person that sees the players day to day and knows what strengths in that people can offer is is Antonio. So, um, oh, yeah, I, I agree think, with that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I really, it's lovely. It's lovely. It's lovely to have that uh, from Spurs, which we've lo- we've lacked for a long time. I think. I think maybe at City though. I think Kulusevski might actually play instead of Richarlison. I just think Richarlison's not as active uh, when we haven't got the ball. I think Kulusevski is more. Um, he presses the ball uh, more than Richarlison does. Um, so he might revert back to that. Obviously, in the start in starting 11 against City. But also as well, Richarlison coming off the bench equally Mm. is a good one because when he came off the bench the other week, I can't remember who it was against, we had this energy and he's a hungry player. I'll be honest with you, 
I didn't really understand that transfer. Um, I didn't really pay much attention uh, to him at Everton, although my, a couple of my pals are Everton fans. And although when we played Everton, I didn't, I thought, well, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a sort of a, a naughty player, isn't like he? it gives a, a little dig into someone. Um, and then when he came to Spurs, didn't really get it. But I really, there's so, really, really, there's so many really fans like that, though, Quentin. There's so many fans now, Spurs fans, putting their hands up saying, I got it wrong about Richarlison because, um, you know, he can play on the left, he can play on the right, he can play through the middle. He's an impact player. And like you said, now when he came on at Chelsea away, um, you know, earlier on in the season and uh, Nottingham Forest uh, as well, the impact he made in those games straight away from the bench. Yeah, and, and it, it's lovely to see. And it's lovely, the energy that that he brings. I mean, again, how old is he? I mean, he's, a, he's still quite young, isn't he? Young player, yeah, 24, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I agree with Rich. I think, I think if I was, if, if I was Conte as well, I'd, I'd start, have Sonny to start. And then I've got a, a couple of, I'd have Richarlison to come on. Because if anyone's going to nick a goal in the last 10, 15 minutes, it could be, it's more likely to be Richarlison than Sonny coming off the bench doing it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Rich, let's come to you. I don't know, I don't know whether you um, felt it or saw it or even heard it, uh, but the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, particularly the South Stand, was very angry with the Marseille goalkeeper for wasting so much yeah. time. And then all of their players started wasting time. It started becoming very tedious and boring inside the stadium with them wasting so much time. They, they made two subs in the 69th minute. Um, the referee booked one of the players for time wasting. Um, the referee told him to go off the far side. Um, he, he chose to come off uh, the longest route. Um, four minutes later, Antonio Conte made a couple of subs. Lenglet and Romero off. Davis and Tanganga on. Were you surprised by those subs at that point when it was nil-nil? I think I think going back to obviously the uh, time wasting that's that's European football, Chris. I think uh, yeah, yeah, we get to a stage in a, in a game where the team, the away team, definitely says, well, actually, a point's better than none, and then we start to wind down the the clock and also then start to disrupt the the play. Uh, I think it was evident that from the back all the way through to their, their defensive midfielders that were starting to time waste any kind of touches either on or off the ball that were going down and it became evident with, with obviously watching the game that they were trying to waste 10 or 15 minutes of the game until obviously they went behind and all of a sudden the, the, the play started to accelerate again. So yeah, really disappointing but that's obviously European football and we've got to accept, accept that. But the, uh, the substitutions, I think it's fresh legs. I think it obviously the fresh legs Shows that the um, the squad is a is a is is uh, has improved since last season uh, dramatically, um, yeah. and uh, going back to what Fenton said about kind of uh, Richardson coming off the bench last season, it was the self and Mora coming off, and and they just didn't really have the impact that we wanted. So this season we've got players that can come on, um, young players, young hungry players that want to get about the team. Um, they, they came on. They, they they participated in the game. They they were pushing the ball forwards. I think Conte, as soon as the uh, substitutes came on, he was saying, right, no lateral uh, balls at all. All the balls moving forwards, like push up and let's create. Let's have more players in the midfield uh, to create numbers going forwards. And obviously that that helped with, especially throwing the ball into the box. 
um, and obviously Richarlison getting on the head uh, on the end of two of them. Um, Craig, let's come to you. In the 74th minute, uh, Marseille had their best chance um, across from the left side. Uh, it went across the six-yard box, eventually cleared by the Spurs' defence. That was probably their best chance of the game. Um, were you surprised by Marseille not really testing Hugo Lloris tonight? And, and, and by the way, I think it's going to be a very different game when we when we travel away to Marseille because, of course, uh, they will probably have uh, Dimitri Payet and Alexis Sanchez in their in their team. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, they were missing a couple of their their better forward thinking players, but you know, before the sending off, um, they were they were playing quite high up the pitch, weren't they? So they you know they are a pressing team. Um, you can say what you want about that first half, but we didn't really, you know, they didn't have many no. clear cut opportunities, and that that one you mentioned there was was probably the best one, I would say. Um, they, they said it's, not even, in, it's, it's not even a shot on target. They had one shot on target this evening. And I don't know whether you've seen the stats. Spurs had two shots on target, two goals. Yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. It's just one of them games. Isn't it? I think, it, was that the one where it, uh, they said on commentary, Ben Davis missed it and, and Perisic cleared it? Was that the one you're yeah, talking yeah, about? One, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they said in the commentary that Ben Davis completely missed it. He didn't. He actually got a very, very slight touch and that's what took it away from the striker. And they said Ben Davis completely missed it. He didn't. He did very well. He didn't do as well as I'm sure he wanted to. He was trying to just usher it out for a corner. But he, what he did enough to take it away from the, the incoming striker. So, yeah, a bit of a heart-in-the-mouth moment, that, to be honest with you, mm. because um, that would have been very disappointing. But... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did expect them to trouble Larice a bit more, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, and it, but it's, you know, it's one of those games. You can talk about possession all you like, but we've seen many times, haven't we? Possession doesn't win your football matches. It's not guaranteed to win your football matches. So, and you know, we're we're going to be playing City Saturday, which we'll come on to. We're yeah. not going to have a, the lion's share of possession against them, are we? So we, we already know how that's going to go. So, um, so yeah, Marseille. You're right, it's going to be a massively different game when we go to their place in um, December, I think it is, isn't it? So, <clears throat> so yeah, um, let's hope that, well, let's hope we've qualified by then and we don't have to go to Marseille and get a result because that would be a tough final game. I'll tell you what, though, inside the stadium, um, their fans were very, very noisy, very vocal for the whole of the 90 minutes. Um, but the game stats this evening, uh, Tottenham with 50% of the possession to Marseille's 50. Uh, we had 18 shots to Marseille's nine. We had two shots on target, as I mentioned. They had one. We had five corners. They had three fouls. Tottenham 10, Marseille 9. Um, Fenton, let's come to you. Let's talk about uh, the breakthrough. Richarlison's first goal, his first goal on a Tottenham Hotspur shirt. We all thought he got his first goal. Uh, yeah. Weekend, uh, he, he was given the yellow card. It was disallowed, unfortunately. But he got his first goal this evening, assisted by Ivan Perisic. What did you make of Richarlison's goal, the first one in the 76th minute? I think he took it superbly. You know, um, yeah, very well deserved. He, he works hard. Um, I felt that when Marseille's game plan sort of came to an end on the sending off. And then um, it was a matter of time and you could see Spurs were pressing a little bit. Um, and I'm just so, so happy for, for Richarlison that he, he took it. And yeah, it was on target. And the most important thing I learned when I played football back in the day was 
hit the target. If you hit the target, anything can happen. And, you know, when he, when he headed it, it was kind of just sort of was right in front of the goalkeeper. Um, but the power behind it was was superb. And, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, oh, I loved it. But I, I just want to go back to this time-wasting thing. What is this time-wasting thing? Everyone who comes to the lane, time, like, it's not, it's not the first time. Everyone does it, and it's so, so tedious. Yeah. I just wanted, I just wanted to share that with you. And, and yeah, and, and Marseille were just, they were just going down for everything and, like, time-wasting and time-wasting. Uh, I, like, I think their game plan was to, to nick a draw if they could, and then it went out the window after that sending off. Rich, let's come, to squad. Rich let's, let's come to you. I want to know when you're going to get Richarlison on the back of your shirt. <laughs> Nike needs some in other home shirts so I can get Richarlison <laughs> on the back then. Um, Rich, what, no, have you, what have you made of the signing of Richarlison? Because I tell you what, the, hmm. these past few games, um, I don't think I've ever known somebody to come in. You know, so many fans be unsure. I would, I would probably say it's like 50-50 of, of fans going... Oh, I'm not sure about him. To you know, fans like myself that was very excited about Richarlison coming to our club, but the way that the fans have taken to him, you know, in these last few games, he is going to be a yeah. real fan's favourite, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. And how he puts himself self around the pitch is really important. I think Conte was looking for that in in his uh, offensive player, somebody that's going to get stuck in, that's not afraid of having that conflict, somebody that's going to do the dirty work, um, but also the ability to improve as well. And like I said before, the thing that kind of concerns me is when he hasn't got the ball or when we haven't got the ball, he's he's not as proficient off the ball. And I think that was the, the issue with Sonny when we first had Sonny, that away from the ball, he didn't seem to do a lot of the tracking back or wasn't pressing the ball very well. But um, that's something that obviously we look forward to. But I think Richardson's going to be one of those dark horses where he kind of, he comes in and he like massively has an impact on certain games, and not be one of those players where he bags a hat trick and it's like he just does it within like five or ten minutes because that's what he does. He kind of gets gets about people. But I noticed that Karen had mentioned uh, mentioned a couple of comments about um, the free kick specialist, and yeah. I thought that it was set piece specialist, and I think people like Richarlison are going to benefit from that specialism because the quality of balls from the likes of Perisic have made a big improvement. Um, and that's probably the reason why he's starting over Ryan at the moment because Ryan's delivery is not as bad as Emerson's, but it's not great. <laughs> um, and if you've got Harry and Richarlison in the box, you want to have good delivery because those two are deadly in the air. I think Richardson has been a great signing. He adds a different dimension to our play, and I'm sure he's going to get quite a few goals for us this season and in the future. Craig, let's come to you. As Richard mentioned, there a fantastic assist from Ivan Perisic uh, for Richardson's first goal. Uh, for his second goal, was assisted by Pierre Mihoibier. What did you make of Richardson this evening and the two finishes? He did keep just keep going, didn't he? It was a bundle of energy. Um, Cracking because to... let's face it, Richarlison wasn't really too much in the game up until that point. No, but he was running around a lot. <laughs> and I, know, I know we accuse Lucas Moura of doing that a lot, but he, he was 
he was making the runs. If you actually watch him, he was making the runs. He was he was he was trying to make a nuisance of himself. And to be honest, half your job as a centre forward is being in the right place at the right time. And he just and he yeah. did his job. So he, two fantastic headers. The second one was even better than the first. The first one was fantastic because he he had to crane his neck. It was slightly behind it. The crane his neck generate all the power with his header. And you can see actually why we let Pau Torres go because that he should have actually done better for that first one because it was right down the middle. But not taking nothing away from Richarlison, it was a great header. Second one, just very, very clever, very cute with a little little nudge in the back of the defender who wasn't going to get anywhere near the ball anyway, but just gave himself that bit of space and, um, you know, almost backwards. Uh, again, had to generate a bit of power, but did use a bit of the pace on the ball and uh, headed it home off the post. So, so happy for him actually to get his goals after um, he thought he'd scored Saturday. Um, to have it chalked off by VAR, but um, really, really, really good, really good performance in that second half from Richardson, and um, he done his job, didn't he? He done his job. We've just got, we, we got a comment on... from, from Jim. Thanks for this comment, Jim. Any thoughts on Thomas Tuchel's sacking? Yeah, I think uh, ever since the handshake, it all went downhill. Um, yeah. You guys want to put any more on that? I, I did. I did I really I, give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't really, but I did read something on the, somebody posted on Twitter and said, "That's what happens when you don't make eye contact with Antonio Conte, <laughs> or when Conte don't make eye contact with you." I thought it was quite funny. I have to say, yeah, I mean, just commenting on it quickly for me, it's typical Chelsea, isn't it? It's just bloody madness. The guy wins the Champions League, he wins the, the Super Cup, and Christ knows what else. Yeah. Yeah. He had a rocky start of the season, but. You know, they've got that Bewley or whatever his name is. He paid over four billion for Chelsea. He's going to make his money back. I've got no bloody idea because they've got to build a new stadium as well. He spent the most um, ever in the transfer market Chelsea ever spent, or it might be anybody's yeah. ever spent. Was it over 270 million, something like that? And they sacked their manager after six, seven games. I, I don't understand it. I don't particularly like Tuchel. I wouldn't say I disliked him as much as Arteta or anything else. I mean, I think it was a bit of a t- tip, but. You know, I don't think he deserved to be sacked. But then again, I haven't really got an opinion. I couldn't give a toss, really. But no, it is, it, it, it's just, But what does worry me a little bit, what I will say on here is, mm, are they going to get potched? And that would sting a little bit, I have to say. No. But mm, I think they'll probably go Potter. for Zidane, Zidane yeah, or Potter. Potter. Potter's a yeah, favourite. Potter, yeah. 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 So well, good luck to him. Potter. Talk, talking of managers... Um, <laughs> Antonio Conte said after the game we were very effective um, in the game this evening. Now, in the 83rd minute, um, twice this evening I got goosebumps. One with the Champions League music. It always does it to me. And I'm just so glad that Champions League football is back at our wonderful ground and our wonderful football club. But in the 83rd minute, the um, the crowd was singing Antonio, Antonio. Uh, and that got me again um, because the, the fans just simply love our manager. Fenton, let's come to you. Let's give... A bit of appreciation to our manager because since November last year, you know, at the end of October, Nuno Espirito Santo sacked, Antonio Conte has walked in. He has transformed this football club, hasn't he? Um, a million percent. Um, and you can actually see, I mean, what I really loved was all that pre-season stuff where the players were absolutely effed. And, and that was like, that for me was like, right, that's setting the bar where we're going to go this season. Um, yeah, there's still a few little things that can be, you know, adjusted. But from a... from a, I, I love him. You know, you can see... 
I, I love the fact that he's so vocal. You can hear him. I'm like North Upper, and you can hear him yeah. over the fans on a on a match day. And I just think it is. He's so. I know he's Italian. He's passionate, but he really. It feels like he really, really wants to change this club and yeah. have that winning mentality. And I, I do think. I do think he he's definitely if any if 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 anyone can do it it's going to be him and I, the the players' attitudes seem to be changing everything seems to everything seems to be changing and it's lovely um, the the football uh, you know from what I've seen not we're not talking about tonight but on Saturday for instance the way they were knocking the ball about and there's a more positive way of play um and you, you're probably not going to talk about him but ben tenker is one of my favorites he's the closest i've seen to uh musa dembele and i think it's only going to get better I, I i love him he is awesome do you know, I, I completely agree with uh, Vandal's comment here. Um, Conte is a genius. I never thought I, I could love another Spurs manager as, as much as I did Pochettino. I feel exactly the same. Um, Rich, let's come to yeah. you um, and talk about Antonio Conte because he has transformed this football club. And I just feel that, you know, some games, although, um, you know, we, we, we haven't got into second gear, I feel that we are a team very hard to beat. And like he said last season, if you don't win games, then don't lose them. And, and, and we, are, we are a team very hard to beat now, aren't we? Yeah, for sure. Really well drilled and set up. And yeah, those, those dark Thursday nights and under, under Nuno are a distant past. And um, we are a lot harder to beat. Um, that kind of Spursy mentality is, is starting to dwindle because people are starting to realise that we're going to be playing till the 96th minute. And we're going to be like the the hardest to beat team at the end of games. Last season, Antonio was was really disappointed with how some of the games we capitulated towards the end of the games, even though he'd really drilled the players because he's had the the preseason with them and literally like whooped their asses. It's really showed about the fitness, but also the de desire to keep winning that ball back to be on the front foot. So Antonio, not only is transforming the the game on the pitch, he's also transforming the aspirations of the fans when you go in the stadium. Your expectation is that you're getting entertained as fans. And the disappointing thing is, the last couple of games, the, the, um, the play has not been that great for the entertainment, but we're still winning. And winning is part of sport. It's you've got to have a winner, a loser, or you have that that stalemate. And and Conte is one of these born winners. He he lives, eats, sleeps winning. And to have him on as your manager is really yeah. important. That we kind of keep him, embrace him, and make him feel loved from the fans. And that's what that's what we're doing. When when we've got a, a manager that is one of our own, we make him feel that he's part of the furniture. And I think he really does feel that he, he's got a place now where he can embed his philosophy for years to come. Craig, do you want to add, add anything else on Antonio Conte? 
I think I think the boys have said it really well. But I, the thing that strikes me about Conte the most is that mediocrity won't do. He just won't suffer it. And if you're a player that don't want to be there, then then it's your task. But he will just get rid of you. Look at Harry Winks. You know, um, yeah. uh, a lad that's been at the club since he was seven or eight, and you know he's not in his plans. So go and play football somewhere else. Got rid of La Celso, got rid of Ndombele. Right, we haven't quite got rid of them properly, but um, it, it, it seems harsh, but he's, he, he sees it. He's got tunnel vision. He's got a job to do, and that job is to be successful and to win, and he will do whatever it takes to win, and he doesn't care to a point how, how, he, how he does it. He knows what you need to do and how you need to be to be a winner, and he's in trying to change the mentality and everything else within the club will take time, but I think he will get there if he's given the time and given the tools to do that job. You know, we have got a world-class manager at the moment, and to be honest, I don't know where we would go from here if he was to walk or be sacked, to be honest, and <clears throat> I would imagine the only way is down after this. That's the thing that everybody must oh, bear in let's mind. Not, let's not go you know, there. No, no, let's not go there. Well, <laughs> well I, I'm, just try, I'm, I'm just trying to point out that I think... The trophies have got to be really, coming first, right? The tro- trophy's got to come and then, yeah, whatever happens after that. But I think it's important to realise just how good he is and what we've got, you know. Everything is set up to succeed at the moment. Everything's in place, the stadium, the training ground, the manager, the squad being built, the money in the club, everything. We've just got to get those trophies in the cabinet. Well, five minutes from time, Antonio Conte made another couple of subs. Uh, Benton Kerr and Humin Son came off. Basuma and Matt Doherty come on. Um, it's worth noting as well that Eric Dyer and Humin Son both picked up yellow cards this evening. Um, and as I mentioned, um, uh, Sporting beat um, Frankfurt 3-0 um, earlier today. Um, Craig, let's stay with you. Um, I, I want all your opinions on this. Um, do you think that Spurs are good enough to win Group D, um, get past Sporting, Frankfurt and, of course, uh, the other game um, in Marseille. Of course, six games in the group stage. Um, do you think Spurs will top the group? Um, I, I think we get a much better picture after we've played the away game. Um, next, is it Frankfurt next or is it um, Sporting uh, next? Lisbon, Lisbon uh, or Sporting um, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, yeah. So, you know, they're coming thick and fast. I think we'll get we'll have a better idea after that away game. Um, because I personally think we've got enough to win that group. I certainly got, I think we've got enough to qualify. And winning the group is lovely, um, but it doesn't always guarantee you an easier path, does it? We've seen that before. So I think just qualifying for the next stage is the most important thing. Obviously, I want to win the group, but if we don't, we don't. I think just qualifying at this point, getting through to the last 16, playing after Christmas, is all, that's how I see it. If you're still in it after Christmas, you've got every chance. So, no, I, as I say, I'd love to be out going Marseille, really nothing on the line. I think that would be the ultimate, wouldn't it? So, if you pick up if you pick up nine points from the first three games, then you, you, you're nearly there or thereabouts, aren't you? So, um yeah, let's see how we get on next week. But uh, I'm pretty confident we're certainly going to qualify and we've got everything we need to, to, to have in the tank to win the group as well. Fenton, let's come to you. How far do you think Spurs could go in the Champions League? Um, well, first of all, I think we've got a better, a better squad than we did when we got to the final. Um, we've got a We've got a, 
a more experienced winning manager, um, let, we could go pretty far. I'm I'm confident we could go far um, once we're out of second gear. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to be too confident. I am positive. Um, I really the, the thing again that's about Spurs this season is. We've got a big squad. We've got a strong squad. And like Craig and Richard said like at the beginning of the chat, any team that he puts out seems that, you know, there's positions that can be covered. So I don't, I don't see why we can't get to the final. Um, uh, you know, on any, on any day, we can beat any team. Um, when we play as a unit. And I think that's what we're doing at, at the moment. We're, we're gelling and playing together as a team. And that's yeah. what we've missed from the early Pochettino or mid-Pochettino era, is that, is that togetherness. And that togetherness is now starting to come. So it's very, very exciting. Rich, what about you? Do you, do you think that Spurs will win the group? Should we win the group? Yeah, I, I think I think the um, the teams that we've got in the group are very similar. So um, on the day can be very competitive. Morse can be very competitive. Frankfurt, Sporting, etc. But I think um, if we're talking about consistency, I think if we play consistently through the games, I think we'll win the win win the group. Um, and then that sets us up nicely for, for the next stage. Um, how far we can actually go within the um, tournament? I think that all depends on how we develop as a team moving forward um, and how dynamic we become. Um, because as we know, when we're when we're playing some of those away games, um, you have to be able to switch those those formations at a drop of the hat to to uh, combat the shenanigans that some of the teams uh, do when they when, when they play you. Um, I don't know. I'd say probably it'd be great to get to towards the last stages of the, the, the tournament, but there's some, there's some fantastic teams that have spent an awful lot of money. Um, yeah. You look at the Barcelona's, you look at Bayern Munich, you look at PSG, you look at teams like that. Um, yeah, amazing depth uh, in their squads. And just to be kind of in the in the in the last four with those teams would be yeah incredible. I think Roy sums it up here uh, talking about Antonio Conte. Conte killed Spursy. <laughs> I, yeah, love I, I, I love that. that. I agree with that. I agree with that. I love that. I hate that term, Spursy. Hate it. Yeah, um, I don't like it either. Now let's come on to the Manchester City game, which of course uh, we play on Saturday. It's the late kickoff, five thirty at the Etihad Stadium. Um, Manchester City and Spurs are both. Uh, or the only two clubs in the Premier League uh, unbeaten so far. We have the same records. We've both played six. We've, we've won four. We've drawn two. They have a goal difference of plus 14. We have a goal difference of plus seven. We're both on 14 points. Um, Manchester City, so far, their results have been West Ham. They won 2-0 away. They beat Bournemouth at home 4-0. They drew um, against Newcastle 3-3 away. Beat Crystal Palace 4-2 at home. Uh, knocked six past Nottingham Forest at the Etihad Stadium and their most recent Premier League result, 1-1 away Aston Villa. And, of course, on Tuesday evening, they beat Sevilla 4-0 in the Champions League. And a certain Erling Haaland 
is on absolute fire at the moment. In the Premier League, he's played six games. Uh, he's got one assist and 10 goals. Um, Craig, let's kick this off with you. Um, how do you see this Manchester City game going? And bearing in mind, um, in recent history, we have a very good record against them. We do. And don't forget, Haaland ain't come up against Romero yet. So, you know, <laughs> I think, think Christian will let him know... Uh, let him know he's around uh, fairly early in the game, you would hope. Fairly, of course, so he doesn't get an early yellow card. But look, it, it, all jokes, it's, um, it's terrifying to watch Haaland play. I do, I do love watching him play because he, he's just a phenomenal player. I, I, I just love to watch. I think he's almost the complete centre-forward. Um, he's scary. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be very difficult to contain him. And if you contain Haaland, put two on him. They've got De Bruyne's, they've got Oh, God, a wealth of riches. But as you say, we've done well against them. We are kind of their bogey team. Um, and for some reason, Sky or BT always seem to put us on at half five on a Saturday against City. I think yeah. it was half five on a Saturday last year as well. So perhaps that's a good omen. And, you know, the, you obviously go to all the games, Chris. I don't know what the Etihad's like when you're inside. It doesn't come across on the telly as much of an, in, an intimidating place, to be honest with you. They're, they're kind of, their fans, even though they've had success over the recent years, they, they're probably very much like Tottenham fans when you look on Twitter at how they react to things. It's just that they've had, obviously, much more, well, yeah, it's a fair amount of more success than we have because we haven't had much at all. But, that they're kind of the same mentality as Tottenham fans, from what I read. So they're going to be don't don't go. You know they're going to be nervous about this game. They're going to be nervous about Sonny scoring. They're going to be nervous about Kane, and they know exactly how we're going to play. You know they're going to be. They do offer us a chance to hit hit them on the break, though, don't they? You can get in behind because they know we're going to be playing on the counter. And if we get that right, like we did last year, we can be devastating. But let's hope that this game Saturday, everything does click because we can't afford to be off the pace Saturday. We will get found out by the likes of Haaland and De Bruyne on Saturday if we're not at the races and we've got to be at it from minute one because, you know, they're going to want it. They're going to want to turn us over after we did it to them last year. You know, so, um, so yeah, it's going to be a tough game. It's definitely going to be a tough game, but perhaps, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you'll come on to score predictions in a minute, so I won't give you mine yet until we come come to that but uh, yeah it's a toughie for sure Craig what have you made of Erling Haaland's start at Manchester City because I've got to admit I thought you know he's done very well at previous clubs I thought when he comes to the Premier League it will probably take him a while to settle in I didn't expect him to score 10 goals in his opening six Premier League games did you? No I mean I knew he was going to score goals but I was the same as you I thought he was, you know he's going to take him a little while to adapt to the to the different league, the physicality of it, even though the German league's probably near nearest league to ours in that respect. But having watched a few of his games, the size of the lad, I think he's six foot four, isn't he? You know, he's not going to be scared of any defender that he comes up against and how fast he is as well. I, his game is perfectly suited to the Premier League. So he, he was always going to score goals, but yeah, to score 10 already, it's, it's just, it's just phenomenal. He's, he's a, He's an unbelievable player. And you can kind of see now why they perhaps waited a year and didn't go for Kane because they knew they wanted Haaland. Um, good for us, but you know, incredibly good for them. Um, 
He can, I mean, if he goes on at this rate, and he, I don't know how old he is, 22, is he? You know, you'd, we're talking about Kane beating Shearer's record. If he stays with Man City in the Premier League, he will annihilate Shearer's record if he carries on at this rate. So, yeah. fantastic player, fantastic player. Like I say, I love watching him play. I just hope he has an off game against us Saturday, obviously. Fenton, let's come to you. Of course, last season, on the opening day of last season, we beat Manchester City at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, Nuno's first Premier League game, uh, 1-0. Um, and then, of course, we beat them at the Etihad Stadium, 3-2, uh, where mm-hmm. most Spurs fans and most general football fans expected us to get absolutely battered in that game, but we come away with the three points. What what game are you expecting? What are you expecting from Saturday? Well, I think it, it's, it's... You know when all these teams come and play Spurs... They could be having an awful season, but then they play Spurs, they turn it on and Spurs struggle. Well, we do the opposite to Man City. You know, we seem to think, oh, blah, blah, and then they turn it on against Man City. Um, Haaland scored 10 goals, but, you know, Bournemouth, uh, Nottingham Forest, come on. You know, I watched the... The, the community shield when he was off the pace against Liverpool and, you know, Villa can contain, contained him in a one-all draw, you know... Still scored, though. He did still score, but they didn't, they didn't smash Villa. And I don't regard Villa as a, as a, as a team that should, is a top six. Um... Which makes me think that, you know, he's, yeah, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but, you know, I, I think, I think it'd be a very, very good, interesting game. Um, yeah, in the past, I would say, oh, we get, we get smashed. Um, I actually think it'd be a draw. Um, yeah. I, right, I think well- it'd be. We'll do score prediction shortly. Um, Rich, how do you see this one going? Because, of course, you know, you're going away to the champions. It's going to be a very, very difficult game. Yeah, and we're obviously going to set up completely different than we did tonight. Um, it's, I think it's going to be those uh, midfield duels are going to be really important um, to win the ball, uh, to defend uh, resolutely. Um, to make sure that we, we track those runners. And obviously, Haaland scored most of his goals in that six-yard six box and make sure we're not letting anybody kind of roam free in the box, especially from those kind of loopy loopy crosses that Man City love. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be a very tight game. I don't think I don't think we're going to get rolled over like some people think that Man City is going to roll every team over. I don't think that's... That's realistic. I'd like to think that we'd probably nick it. Um, I think Man City have got um, got some flaws within their team. Um, they've obviously sold some of their some of their kind of rotational players, um, the players that they come off the bench, on as dynamic and on as their their weapons on as as good as ours. But I think their starting level is definitely better. Um, it's going to be a competitive game, and, and like the, all of you have said uh, previously, we always give Man City a good game, um, and it's not going to define our season. This this one game at Man City. So um, if we can get some some points from the game, it'd be awesome. 
Rich, what would you expect in terms of Antonio Conte changing the team? Because from the team that played this evening, how many changes do you see Conte making? I don't know. Um, I think Perisic, um, he might drop out and uh, Sessegnon might uh, come into that. Um, I just think um, whether uh, Perisic has got um, the speed um, to, to keep up with Obviously, the Man City wide players. Um, I, again, I think it would be a very kind of Man City Spurs game where they have a, they have plenty of uh, possession. I think De Bruyne is a key key player for for us to kind of nullify his effect on the game. If we can nullify De Bruyne if he has a bad game, I think we'll probably get a result um, or at least a draw. I think when De Bruyne plays well, uh, Man City always win. Um, and that is the big problem because De Bruyne is that link between uh, like Silva and Grealish if he plays or Foden and then obviously um, Haaland up front. So um, I think there's lots of lots of kind of key battles. But for me, I think that midfield and how we nullify that to, to somebody like Ben Zinker, kind of try to man-mark uh, uh, De Bruyne or does it go really tight on him when Man City have got the ball? I think Conte is going to be very um, conscientious about uh, the kind of eyes that they put on De Bruyne um, and hopefully keep Haaland out of the six-yard box. Craig, do you expect many changes? Because, you know, we played this evening, uh, we're playing at the Etihad against Manchester City on Saturday and then, of course, back in Champions League action on Tuesday night away at Sporting. Uh, and then, of course, in the Premier League the following weekend. Um, games really are coming thick and fast right now. Um, surely Antonio Conte has got to ro- rotate the team as much as possible. Yeah, and I think that's perhaps why you saw the um, the defenders getting a rest tonight. Um, personally, I think it will be Lloris in goal, Romero, Dyer. And Ben Davies, I think Sessegnon will come in on the left. I think he'll stick with Emerson on the right. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to say Bissouma, but I still don't, I still think he's preferred pairing at the moment. It's Hoybier and Bentoncourt. And yeah. I think it will be Kane, Son and Kulishevsky up front. So pretty much what we know and, and love. I don't think he's going to divert too much from that. And personally, I don't think you can man Mark De Bruyne. I think he's too good. So... Um, they're going to have to come up with another plan for De Bruyne, I think. So you think Richarlison will drop out? Yeah, I do. I, and I, I do, purely because I think what Fenton was saying earlier, I, I do agree with that, that he can have a great impact from the bench. And I think Kulishevsky did so well against them last year. And it is horses for courses, you know, these games. And yeah. Conte will have teams, four teams. Um, yeah. And like you say, we've we've got the Champions League game next week. So, and you've got to look at the players that he rested tonight, um, and give a bit of game time to Ben Davies just to keep his legs um, legs in the game, so to speak. So, yeah, I think there'll be changes, and I think I think that's the uh, eleven he'll go with. That's my predict Conte eleven. Yeah, Daniel on screen agrees with you. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, Rishi will be benched. Um... Fenton, uh, what do you think the starting eleven will be uh, against Manchester City? I, I, I totally agree with Craig, to be honest with you. Um, I think because I think that's been the the consistent starting Premiership. Um, you know, Sessegnon, Davis at the back, uh, and Kudelchevsky. So I, I, I think 
Um, yeah, Richarlison, Perrot is on the bench. Both can come off and do things, you know? Yeah. Um, just before we do score predictions, um, I just want to ask you your thoughts on, on where, at the moment, you feel where Tottenham are and where we could finish in the Premier League. Rich? No, I'm not going. You always ask me that first. <laughs> um, it's a standard question, all... Rich. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, well, Spurs clearly haven't got out of like second gear at the moment, have they? Um, a lot of the games that we've played, um, it's uh, flattered to, to deceive. Um, and it's great to be winning the games. Um, we've showed glimpses of obviously what Conte wants. Um, but it's actually... I think it's great to kind of be moaning at, at wins. Uh, normally, we're yeah. kind of mm. you're shouting at the TV or shouting at the pitch, uh, saying, "Saying, come on, we want some more kind of passion and desire." We're doing that now, but we're actually winning the games. Um, I think we've got we've got so much more to offer, um, and I think what it is, it's all about the philosophy, kind of. Um, the players actually getting to understand their true roles and getting out of some of the bad habits they had in previous seasons. I think the sky's the limit. I've, I've said before that um, we'll we'll better the position um, last year uh, as fourth. Um, it'd be great to be third in the league. Um, whether it'd be able to push any higher than that, I, th- I think we've we've still got like Antonio Conte says, we still need two or three cha- um, transfer windows to get the the team that he wants. Yeah, um, and I think that's evident. You look at you look at some of the defensive players. I think some of them need uh, upskilling. Uh, we obviously went for better defensive players, but couldn't really get the players we wanted. Um, League wise, I think Man City are just going to run away with it this year. Um, they're just they're far better than the other team. I think Liverpool are, and and Chelsea are having that hiccup, um, and it, it, it's, it's it's probably between us and the likes of. Uh, the old enemy, uh, uh, Man United, Chelsea, and, and Liverpool for that that second and third. I think. Yeah, interesting what you say about Liverpool. I don't think many people expected uh, their result this evening in the Champions League. Um, no. Rich, what's your what's your score prediction uh, for the Man City game? Um, I'd love a one nil. Uh, can I just say as well, like Mane? I think I said it last time I was on. I think Mane is a massive loss for Liverpool. Like yes. Ballon d'Or nominee player. Yeah. Uh, un- underrated at Liverpool, um, yeah. and how they let him go, and not kind of and not replace him with a like by like player. I don't understand why. I think I think Liverpool are always going to be um, going to be missing something in, in their team. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, team wise, uh, result wise, I think I think uh, Fenton's probably very close to it. It's going to be like a draw, or we're just going to nick a one nil. I think I think it's be very tight. Well, we'll certainly take a 1-0. Um, yeah. Craig, what about you? A score prediction? Um, score prediction, yeah. I think it'll be 2-2. I think it's going to be a high-scoring draw. Um, and I can't take that, I tell you. <laughs> no, but I, 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 I think we've got a good chance as any. I mean, we could nick the win, of course we could, but we could invariably, they could totally, totally roll us over if they really turn it on, but I don't think that's going to happen, like you say. No. I, th- I think they're too wide open at the back. And for all their attacking wealth, they, you can get at them. But we've got to be on the game. So I'm going to say 2-2. Um, 
and this goes Son and Kane to score. Sonny grabs his first. It's really in the stars, I think. Benton, what about you? What are you going for? Yeah, I was going to go for Desmond as well. Desmond <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to go for a 3-2 Spurs win. And I think it's going to be, a, or I'm hoping it's going to be, our first fantastic performance of the season. Um, and Hunmin Son's first goal of the season as well. well you know, why not? Um, he's got it in him. He loves to play against Manchester City and we've done extremely well against them in recent seasons. So, uh, you know, we've got to go there with full confidence, which I'm sure Antonio Conte will instill to these players. Um, Fenton, thanks so much for joining us this evening and please tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what you're up to at the moment. Um, I'm still doing a load of private events, um, DJing all over the country. Uh, people can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, at Fenton G, which is G-E-E, like my surname on the screen. And my Facebook is at Fenton G, G-E-E, DJ. And um, yeah, I'm supporting at the moment as well. I'm supporting the Tottenham ladies because I've befriended one of their Spurs players. Um, and she's now my friend. And um, yeah, so I'm now friends with uh, Keris. Um who uh, plays for Spurs, who's injured at the moment. But I just wanted to wish all the Spurs women a, uh, a good luck on Saturday playing at the lane against Man United. That's right, yeah. And, I, and I'll take this opportunity to say that tickets are still available. So if you would like to go and see the Tottenham Hotspur women against Manchester United in the WSL, uh, check out the Tottenham Hotspur website. Um, Craig, thanks so much for joining us again this evening. And uh, feel free to tell everyone where they can find you. <laughs> yeah, no problem at all. If you really want to follow me on Twitter, uh, it's at DMN9. At DMN9. Uh, just go on the link Chris posts tomorrow. He tagged me in it. Uh, thank you to everybody that follows me. I'm not really that interested on Twitter, but I do put occasional bits and pieces, mainly about mainly about Tottenham on there. So if you want to follow me, go give me a follow and take my subscribers or whatever you call them, followers up to... I think I've got 155 at the moment. So it'd be lovely to get to 200. Follow Craig. So, yeah, yeah. I'm the oracle. But uh, it just answers your question, Chris. Where can Spurs finish? I actually think, and you could call me mad. I only gave that to Richard because I know it annoys him. (laughs) (laughs) I won't. I won't answer then. I won't answer. Go on then. Go on. Go on. Go on. Where do you reckon we'll finish? I, I. it's my, you know, people might think I'm mad, but I think we could finish second. I really do. I think it's up for grabs. I don't think Liverpool were the team they were purely because the reason you said about Mane there, I, I totally agree. I've said that myself. I think he's a massive loss. Um, I think they're all over the place. So just watching them defend, I saw their third goal they conceded tonight. It was, it was like Trent Alexander-Arnold and Virgil Van Dijk never played together. I th- you know, they've had some dodgy results. I think Chelsea are in disarray. I think Arsenal will not continue the run they're on. I mean, they lost to Manchester United. I think Man U are going to come good at some point. But again, I think, you know, they'll lose some games. So, as I said at the top of the show, we're losing, we're winning games and we're not yep. playing well. So, yes. bear that in mind. Try and think that way around rather than the other way that somebody's going to give us a spanking. So, it's there if we want it. Second, I think I don't think we've got anywhere near City. We're nowhere near them. But I think two, three and four in the Premier League are up for grabs. And I think we're good enough to finish second. 
I'll tell you what, I think every Spurs fan, at the, you know, before the season started, if you said um, at the end of the first week in September, Spurs will be unbeaten in all competitions, I think we'd have all been very, very happy. Um, <laughs> Rich, Rich uh, please tell everyone where they can find you and thanks so much for coming on again. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, Marathon Champ, Twitter, like Instagram, just my name. Um, I'm doing the Great North Run um, on Sunday. So I'll be watching the Spurs game in Newcastle. So if you're around in Newcastle at the weekend, definitely come and join in the fun on the streets of sunny Newcastle, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, it's always a pleasure, Chris and and, uh, and Fenton, and great to be on the show. And everybody that hasn't subscribed or liked, please, this is your opportunity now. Come on, get subscribing and support Chris because obviously all the content is uh, is like first class and... Uh, we need to support the team as well as obviously Chris as well with the content. Thank you, Richard. That's very nice of you. Yeah. And uh, best best of luck for Sunday. Uh, wish you all the very Thank best. And uh, thanks so much to everybody uh, for, for watching this evening. And if you're listening to this on an audio, thanks so much for listening. Uh, do subscribe to the channel and, uh, and follow audio um, as well. And uh, we will be back with another Spurs chat. Uh, podcast straight after the Manchester City game on Saturday where I've got another three fantastic guests to talk about the game against the champions. Hopefully Spurs can pick up another three points in the Premier League and uh, we'll, we will remain unbeaten in the Premier League and of course the Champions League and, and you know the games are coming thick and fast as I've said uh, but until then, uh, until the next show come on you Spurs. Come on you Spurs. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 